Well, good evening, everyone. Man, how you guys doing? You feeling good? All right. Hey, can you guys do me a favor? Can some of you in the back like move up towards the front a little bit and fill this out just a little bit better? Awesome, that's great. That is perfect. Huh? Good. I'm glad you're here. Awesome. Well, uh, well, my name is Mike, and I'm the pastor here at Genesis. And, uh, and at Genesis, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so uh, hopefully when you came through the door tonight, you felt comfortable and invited. And I uh, also hope that you came with an open heart because you've been prayed and prepared for. And so we're glad you're here. Uh, tonight, we are concluding our series, Trending Topics, where uh, we are looking at hot-button issues through a cultural and biblical lens. Uh, we've discussed uh, mental health. We've discussed faithfulness. Hey, if you guys could make your way in here, that'd be great. Uh, we've discussed faithfulness. We've discussed identity. And uh, we've also discussed the seasons of life. Um, and so tonight is our last topic, and it'll be an interesting one. Tonight's topic is spiritual Warfare. So if you would, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and, uh, and just hang out there just for a second. Sometimes when we, when we think of spiritual warfare, we, we kind of picture the, the cartoon angel, cartoon demon on our shoulder. And, you know, one is telling us one thing and the other one's telling us something else. And it's up to us to decide who to listen to. Uh, but, of course, spiritual warfare is, is much more than that. Uh, maybe the idea of spiritual warfare sounds supernatural to you. Um, and I would say that it definitely is supernatural, you know, and, uh, you know, it's weird to think about what happens in a spiritual realm that we don't see, but we know that it exists, and we know that it exists because of what Scripture says about it. We, we see it talked about many times in the Bible, and the truth is that once we grasp the concept of spiritual warfare, we can better understand why walking with God while being human is as hard as it is. And you guys know when you when you talk about when you talk about war like in history class or you see it, you know it talked about in the news you see you know you talk about like you know civil wars in countries and things like that war is ugly and all, all those wars that we learn about or hear about they have something in common and that those involved are fighting over something it, it could be money they could be fighting over a territory a, a cause or or even as small as a, a disagreement between the leaders of the countries and spiritual warfare is no different. There are two kingdoms that are at war with each other, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the enemy. And they have been at war since the beginning of time, and they're fighting over one thing, and it's you. And so we're going to talk about tonight what spiritual warfare is and what it's not, first of all. And then we're going to talk about how we can handle it in our lives. And so if you would, pray with me, and then we'll jump into the verses for tonight. God, I thank you so much for bringing us here tonight, God, gathering us together and God, like we always say, we've got one goal tonight, and that is to see you lifted up and to see you glorified, God. And so we know that, that nothing is routine when it comes to your spirit and your power and your presence. And so, God, we pray that you would meet us here tonight and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So let's, uh, first, I, I want to answer the question of, of what spiritual warfare is. And so this is Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. This is what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, 
against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so we see that this war that we are in is not a physical one, but a spiritual one. And the Apostle Paul, he says here that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil, against the schemes of the devil. So spiritual warfare is something that is going on all of the time. And, and uh, we only experience it, though, at, at certain times. You know, we will usually experience it right before or right after uh, God uses us for kingdom impact. And so I'll say that again. We will usually will experience spiritual warfare right before or right after God uses us for kingdom impact or we make progress in our relationship with him. And the reason is because Satan doesn't want us to do anything for God, with God, or because of God. And so as long as we're not, we'll stay unbothered. And you guys know this is, this is true. You know, as soon as you start getting into the game, you become a target for the enemy. And like I said, you guys know this is true because you're not really concerned about something until it affects what you're trying to accomplish. And you can think about this in many ways. In school, are you worried about classes that you're not taking? Right? Is a nursing major losing sleep over an accounting class? No. You think about it in the marketplace. Is Waffle House concerned when a mattress firm opens next door? No, they're not in competition with one another. In sports, do the players have scouting reports on the fans? No. We become targets for the enemy when we start to take part in God's work in the world. And that's why we experience most of spiritual warfare before or after we make kingdom impact or make progress in our relationship with God. The enemy wants to stop it. And I'm sure you've experienced this if you've ever made effort to, to grow in your relationship with God. Have you ever tried to, to read your Bible or, or have you ever tried to pray and get distracted? Have you ever tried to come to church and then all of a sudden you find a million reasons not to? Or on a deeper level, have you ever made up your mind on God and you think, man, I'm gonna do it right this time. This time I, I mean it, I'm headed in the right direction and then all of a sudden you find yourself in conflict with people that you love or you find yourself retreating back to an old sin or you face temptations that you've never faced before. If you've ever found yourself there, spiritual warfare is why. There are two kingdoms fighting for you. And so when you make a move towards God, the enemy wants to stop you in your tracks. And so if you ever wanna do anything for God, you will be met with opposition. That's guaranteed. And I also wanna add that, that though the, the enemy does does want to prevent you from walking with God. Not everything bad that happens is because of Satan. And I'll say, that, I'll say that one more time, that though the enemy does want to prevent you from walking with God, not everything bad that happens is because of Satan. We can't go looking for the devil under every rock. And I hear, I hear people blame the devil all the time for bad things in their life when sometimes it's not the devil, it's just their bad decisions. And well, the devil doesn't want me to come to church today, right? Look at my to-do list. Well, maybe that's the devil, but maybe that's just bad time management. Well, the devil is keeping me from reading my Bible. Well, maybe that's the devil. Maybe that's just misaligned priorities. Well, the devil blew up my car engine. Maybe he did. Maybe you just didn't check your oil. Not everything bad in your life is the devil trying to mess with you. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but I never want to give the devil any more credit than he deserves, right? It's interesting, too, because how we expect spiritual opposition to come is not always how it comes. One of the greatest books uh, on this topic, if not the greatest on spiritual warfare, is a, a book by C.S. Lewis called The Screwtape Letters. And it's a fictional book. Um, it's, it's, it's basically this 
collection of letters written by an old demon to a young demon, and he's giving him advice on how to get this guy away from God. And like I said, it's fictional, and it's like this big illustration, and C.S. Lewis uses it to, to show us how the devil tries to mess with us. And it's definitely eye-opening. Uh, but one of the quotes from it kind of switched my mindset on spiritual warfare completely when I read it. And so I wanted to share that with you. This is what it says. It says, and remember, this is like, you know, like a fictional demon talking to his apprentice. It says, it is funny how they always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. And so it's funny, and in other words, it's funny how we always picture the enemy putting things into our minds, the bad thoughts, the bad ideas, when really he's trying to keep things off of our minds. And so with that said, have you ever felt busy? Have you ever felt distracted? Have you ever filled your whole day and not given one thought to God? If so, you're, you're giving the enemy a foothold in your life. You know, we get so consumed with what we have to do, where we gotta go, who we gotta see, the, uh, what we have to check off, that there's no margin in our life for God. And that is exactly where the enemy wants you. And what's true is that even good things can do this to us. Being productive and spending time with friends, our hobbies, all those things are great. But when they consume us to the point where we have no room left for God, those great things can become idols really quick. So one of the keys to withstanding the spiritual warfare in our life is to understand the strategy of the enemy. And that's what we just talked about, that he comes after you right before or after making progress. He wants to distract you, and he wants to make idols out of the good things in your life. And so it helps when we can put labels on what the enemy does. So that way we know it when it happens. We, we can spot it when he does it. And so as Paul goes on in Ephesians 6, he's going to show us further how to withstand spiritual warfare in our lives. So this is 6, 13 to 17. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. So what we see here is something you, you, know, you may have heard before, um, the armor of God. And so for some of you, this may be really cliche, but I don't want you to miss it because you've heard it before. The teaching of the armor of God is, is a popular thing for a reason. And so why would God give us armor if we weren't at war? Just to, and so just to summarize, here, here are the parts listed. The, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And so God has given us what we need to protect ourselves from the attacks of the enemy. And there's so much power in what these mean for spiritual warfare. The truth, that it allows you to detect the lies of the enemy. If you know the truth, you can spot the lie. Righteousness is in stark contrast to the enemy. He, he can't be around it. Peace, it allows us to stay anchored in a time of opposition. Faith, it's the assurance of things not seen. It keeps you going when nothing else will. And salvation, salvation belongs to the Lord. He gives it freely, and it's not the enemies to take. And all of those things are defensive. All of those parts of the, the armor are defensive. But then you get to the sword of the Spirit, which is the only offensive part of the armor of God. Paul says in verse 17 that the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And so we are, yes, we are protected from spiritual opposition by truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation, but we fight back with the word of God. 
And that's what we see Jesus do in his first interaction with spiritual warfare here on earth. Right after he was baptized, he, he went out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And Satan tempted him with great things, with several things. He tempted him with money. He tempted him with power, with security. He tempted him with food when he was hungry. And every time Jesus replied with, it is written, and was able to reply with scripture to overcome the temptation. And so I wanna ask you, are you making steps in your life to do the same? Are you making steps to be prepared to do the same? This past weekend, we, were, uh, we had our, our annual um, church men's conference. And it's in McCormick, South Carolina, which is like the middle of nowhere. And, and um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's very small. And it's like in the middle of the country, middle, you know, middle of nowhere. And on the way back, uh, me and Jacob were riding together and just one other guy. And the other guy started making jokes about this, this truck pulled out. And he was like, oh, let's do like, the, like an over-under on how many guns he's got in there. Right? Because like, we're like in the middle of like Redneck Central, you know what I mean? And, um, and I was like, one and a half, you know. And, and so we started talking about guns. And, uh, and I just had mentioned like, yeah, you know, I, I've only shot a gun like once in my life. You know, I, never, I wasn't really raised around them, like not against them. I just haven't been around them that much. And, um, and I was saying, yeah, I want to get a gun for our house, but I need to like go and learn how to use it first before I just buy it and put it in, our, put it in the closet somewhere. And um, because honestly, like if someone, you know, if I were to get a gun right now and someone were to break in, the gun would be useless to me because I don't know, I don't know how to use it. And so I want to tell you tonight that the enemy is trying to break into your soul. And so when it comes to scripture, we got to know it. We need to read. We need to memorize. We need to let it sink in. Because when the opposition comes, we need to know how to use the weapon that we've been given. There's an old proverb that talks about two, two wolves, uh, one, one good, one bad, one, one good wolf, one bad wolf. And, and the question is, well, well, which wolf wins? And the answer is the wolf that wins is the one that you feed, the one that you feed. And so for you and I, the ones who are in the, the middle of this war, the ones that are being fought over, the ones who are dealing with this tension all the time, we have to decide what we're going to feed. Are we going to feed our idols, feed our, our distractions, feed our flesh? Or are we going to feed on the word of God and or feed our relationship with him through prayer, through community? That's the part that we play in this. And here's the good news tonight. You know, it's true that we find ourselves in a spiritual war where there's two kingdoms at odds with one another. But the kingdom of the enemy is fighting a losing battle. We know that in the end, Jesus has the ultimate victory over it all. And so, so yes, we will wrestle with the spiritual forces of evil. We will wrestle with the schemes of the devil, like Paul said. But the burden of the victory does not rest on our shoulders. It rests on God's. And though we wrestle with all this now, we're not gonna wrestle with it forever. Jesus is going to return and put an end to the trouble and put an end to the, the tension and put an end to this war. And he said that church is gonna face opposition, but the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so when you find yourself in this struggle of spiritual warfare, know that one, be honored, because that means you're a target. That means you're doing something. And two, be confident, because if you're on God's side, you've already got the victory. Tonight, we wanna to celebrate that victory through communion. We, we always finish each series with, with communion. And so tonight, know that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is the very thing that gives us victory over sin. It is the very thing that 
gives us victory over the enemy in our lives. And communion, it's a, it's a representation of what Jesus did for us. And we take communion because Jesus told us to. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And you know, there's nothing righteous about just bread and, and grape juice, but it's a symbol of how righteousness was given to us. That by his blood and his body, we're made free from sin and given eternal life. And so tonight, before you, before you come up and take communion, I want you to take a moment and thank God for the victory that he's given you. I'll go and invite the, the, the band to come back up. So take a moment to thank God for the victory that he's given you. That though spiritual warfare may be a very real thing, we are on the winning side. So when you're ready, you can come up and take the bread and dip it into the juice and eat. Let me pray. God, I thank you again so much for the time we get to spend tonight. And uh, God, I thank you that though we find ourselves in a spiritual war, God, uh, where there's two kingdoms fighting over us, God, I thank you that if we put our faith in you, to put our trust in you, God, we are on the winning side, that you already have the victory over it all. And so tonight, we wanna celebrate that, celebrate it through communion, celebrate it through worship. And God, I thank you that, that, that tonight, we can make the decision of which wolf we're gonna feed. We, wanna, we don't wanna feed our fe- flesh and our, our, our distractions and feed our idols. We wanna feed our relationship with you. We wanna feed on your word and get to know how to use the weapon you've given us to fight back against the attacks of the enemy. So God, I pray right now that there would be breakthrough in our lives, God, in terms of spiritual warfare, God, that, that when it comes, we can label it, we can know it, and we can use what, the weapons that you've given us to overcome it. And again, God, we thank you for the victory you've given us. And I pray right now for anybody that is, that is uh, taking this moment to, to make a decision of who they're gonna feed in their life, what they're going to feed. God, I pray they'd rest in the ultimate victory, which is found in your son. In Jesus' name, amen.